0: Hey guys, welcome to the Hero Academy podcast, the place where you can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. People such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are all heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those that have chosen to serve our society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here, you'll learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their purpose. Sometimes, we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing, things that you could do to make some extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast, each week, you'll learn from people like you that were working full-time but still found the time to create a course, grow a big team, create a coaching program, a large audience, or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories, and how they overcame their burnout that they were facing. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques, carpe diem, now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. I'm your host and coach, Super Dave. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Hero Academy podcast cast if you are a frontline hero such as a police officer fireman ems military or medical professional then you are in the right place and this week i would like to introduce you to my brother eric mccants uh pd i will let you take it from here and introduce yourself bro what uh what state are you in let's start there
1: Uh, i'm in georgia georgia
0: all right, and what do you currently do? We don't have to name the department, even though you got the shirt on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's right there. But yeah, I'm currently sergeant narcotics division as a sergeant. Narcotics as a sergeant, and are you
0: former SWAT or or there's SWAT within that also?
1: That's what we're there. We're not a full time service SWAT team, like I said. We just when they need to call us out, we will just deploy in.
0: Okay, all right, that's cool. Um, are you on IG or only LinkedIn?
1: Only LinkedIn. Well, I have a Facebook, but I use that for like family stuff, but only LinkedIn is one that I use for uh, social media content.
0: Yeah. yeah. My Facebook, I had uh alias name on there for the longest time. It was David Diem when I was <laughs> on patrol <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for no particular reason. Just um, the, the name kind of flo- flo- flowed, you know, like I like always like that phrase Carpe Diem sees the, seize the day. So someone told me dm david dm and i was like yeah i like that name so that became my alias on facebook for a long time i know sometimes it's hard to find cops on facebook because like they don't list law enforcement next to the name
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah Say sometimes you just got to be discreet with
0: it yeah yeah, yeah. especially when you got family you know you're trying to protect the family so anyway how long you got on now
1: well i've been in law enforcement for 12 years my bad my current agency for six years And what what agency were you with before? Well, I started off in Waynesboro Police Department, which is actually inside the county I work in now, which is Burke County. Uh, Then I went to Payne College, which is a historically black college. It's one of my investigators got the chief of police job up there. Uh, I did that for about two years. And then my current sheriff got the chief job at the Board of Education in the city I live in. Basically, it's from K to 12. And you work in different schools within that system. And then he won the sheriff election. Then he brought me down here with him.
0: Okay. Were you, like, a school resource? Were you, like, actually in schools? Yes. Uh, that's cool. Did uh, little kids look up to you, like, and, like, try to walk up to you all the time?
1: Well, actually, I dealt with mostly middle school and high school kids, and they wasn't really, <laughs> I mean, they'll talk to you, like, you'll have some that talk to you, have a good conversation with you, but some of them, they just, they weren't feeling this. I said, yeah, yeah just yeah. stay over there. We'll stay over here. I hear you. Uh, you have any other family on the job? Are, my uncle uh, back in the 80s was part of the Augusta Police Department, which is no longer uh, in existence, but he was a police officer back then, but I wasn't alive then. so.
0: Okay. And who gave you the idea? Was it like a recruiter that came to your school or like how'd you just how'd you fall into law enforcement?
1: Well, uh, initially, like I said, I went off to school for business management. Me and my cousin uh, were training in the martial arts, uh, he had a karate school, and he was breaking me up in the martial arts and all that stuff. And basically, he wanted me to take over the business side to handle the bills, make sure the place is clean, handle the business side. So I went off to school for business management. Uh, I went to school when I was 17. It was okay. a little too much for me, uh, partying or whatever. It was just yeah, a little yeah, too yeah. much for me. So after my second semester, I had to uh, academically withdraw. So I started working at this store called Groger. And there was an officer there uh, talking to another person about going to the police academy. My mother was telling me, hey, you need to get a school. You need to find something to do. Don't just be sitting around there and try to work at a grocery store. Try to work on something else. So I just happened to talk to that police officer. He said, Well, try the police academy. Went to the police academy, fell in love with it. I've been doing it ever since.
0: Uh, That's cool. When I was in high school, a recruiter came to the school and he said, You know, take this card, fill it out. And he's like, You don't know where you might be. You might find yourself in life four years from now when they do have a test. The test came up and I got notified. And, um, and I decided to go in that that direction. It was either become a pilot or it was become a police officer. And I feel like, you know, law enforcement was way more secure. So that's why I went that route. Okay. Um, you and I met on any question. Who was it that referred you to the app?
1: Oh, uh, Robert. I know he's a firefighter. I can't remember his last name, but Robert. He, uh, Ver, Verheist. He's the same person yes, that sir. referred me to. Yes, sir. Yeah. He referred me about it, asked me if I was interested in it. I'm like, sure. I'll try to give it a try. Did he uh, find you as a podcast guest first? No, no. uh, I think he was just part of my network. And then, like, he was looking at my posts and different things. Then he asked me about it. And then he sent it over to the guy. And then that's how I got into it.
0: All right, cool. Yeah, I see. I I was actually very grateful for him for recommending me, nominating me for the app, because I see Mm -hmm. the vision for it. And I see how it could be pretty big. And I I think that we're lucky being early adopters to it, you know? Uh, there's only what 700, maybe 800 experts on there now, and less than a dozen in law enforcement. You know, I, I noticed that you're very active on LinkedIn and uh, you post a lot. Is there, um, is there a strategy behind it? Like, do you plan on doing a lot more podcasts in the future, or like, do you plan on speaking? Like, uh, what's the plan?
1: Well, one of the plans was just to connect more people to law enforcement, especially in different uh, avenues, because most people just think law enforcement as people that just slap on cuffs. They got to understand that we're humans and just show the more human side of us that, you know, most of us have a good sense of humor. We're approachable. But a lot of times they see what stuff on the news and stuff, and they think we're all that same way. So that's one reason. And then, like I said, I do want to start teaching more. Like I, said, I got my short certification two years ago uh, for the state of Georgia. And then, my sheriff and a couple people I know, you know, they go around the country teaching to different people just over various topics. And one day I would like to do that. So that's kind of trying to play into that whole part. But also, like I say, just building that rapport with people that I know and people I don't know. Like I say, just like Robert, like I say people I've never met before put me in different rooms that I've never been in before. So just by posting on LinkedIn and people kind of you know relate to some of the things I post, whether it's law enforcement or not, and building that rapport with them has helped me go in different rooms that I would have been in if I was just doing whatever basically.
0: Your network determines your net worth, right? Yes, sir. Get in in those rooms. I I know exactly what you mean about networking with people who are a little bit different than what you normally network with. Do you have any side hustles or any side businesses or you just do the job full
1: time? I just do the job full time. You know, you work special jobs. I mean, extra duty jobs. Uh, Just currently, uh, somebody recommended me for Axon Coaching and basically like a program that you go through and. You Got to do like classes, they say they take about six seven hours with the classes, and then you'll do coaching sessions. So, hopefully, that'll turn out something uh different. And then, additionally, I've been looking for an adjunct instructor for job, but I always felt like I'll be better in person talking to people. I feel like I can build a rapport better, but most of my online, so it just takes it's a process.
0: So, the Axon is that the taser company, yes, sir? Oh, it is all right, cool. You mm-hmm. got to. A- you gotta uh, send me a link and let me know what that's about because I'm curious to look into that. Maybe I could okay. re- refer some people to it. Um, what's the biggest obstacle that you faced in in your law enforcement career up to date?
1: Uh, basically myself. Like I said, a lot of stuff. When I first started on, I was 20 years old when I first got the job. And I was just young. Uh, it was a lot of power quickly, and also I didn't. Do anything wrong but it was just a lot that came with it like i said when you put on a uniform you know as a male yeah. a lot of things come with it and say yeah, yeah it was it was it was flowing fast and heavy and like i, said, I was um like before i started law enforcement i got into to write i got to write like short stories erotica stuff it flowed into law enforcement and my sheriff always told me like man you know even though you're in law enforcement you have your own home life you're still held to a high standard so you some of the things you used to do, you just can't do anymore and me being 20, you know, I couldn't understand that. But like I said, I, re- I literally had like 10,000 fan base of people that wanted to buy my short stories and stuff like that. But uh eventually they got me in trouble, I had to resign and all that stuff. But just myself and just being young and naive at those times. But I believe they helped build me to the person I am. Because I can help relate to younger officers as they go through the ups and downs because I've been through them. So I just think that's just part of it. Like I think I was probably my biggest obstacle that I had to overcome.
0: So you're a writer. That's that's really cool. I think I think you could you could channel that into a different type of writing and, you know, one that wouldn't get you in trouble. <laughs> but if you have that skill, that is a very, very powerful skill. Uh, I don't particularly like the song, but Nas and Dave East have a song called wrote my way out. And I don't, it's kind of slow,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I always tell people that if, if you write, like say you write lyrics or you write poems or you write even sketches, for people um if you could write a movie a script if if you're a writer then the world is yours because people still they still need right the ai is not there yet where mm-hmm. it can write like you know like a it's still a little bit behind it's going to catch up because this oh, yeah. is only this is only you know the early version but they still need writers out there they still need that creativity and uh that's really cool that you write um when's the last time you wrote anything like anything not in that (laughs) in that style
1: (laughs) oh it's been a while like say um like really after i got in trouble and all stuff and after i got married i just knew i couldn't really write that type of stuff like you know i'll write like papers when i was in college and things like that but i just haven't wrote anything like that in general it's been at least seven eight years
0: okay all right so it's been a it's been a minute Mm -hmm. um what's the thing that you're most passionate about right now
1: uh, connecting with people and trying to help them through the problems they're going through. I see a lot of people just going through different problems one way or the other. Like I said, I was talking to my sheriff just the other day and we were talking about how our parents were when we were growing up and we, you know, sometimes they come home frustrated, but you, I can see it now as being an adult, trying to manage a family, trying to manage myself, trying to manage kids, you know, bills and all that stuff. And a lot of people are going through that, but, you know, sometimes we're taught, you know, just keep it to ourselves. you know, man up and push through it. So just trying to help people through those phases of their life and just know, give them the inspiration that they need to keep going on. But like I said, I've been fortunate enough to read like several good books or be around several good mentors, uh, people like I listen to David Goggins a lot. I listen to Les Brown a lot. I listen to uh, T.D. Jakes, Eric Thomas. And those like, motivation videos are what helped me push through certain situations. So hopefully I can get not maybe on their level, but get up to their part where I can connect with people and help them push through the hard times they're going through like some of their videos have been for me.
0: I don't see why there's there's no reason why you can't get up to that level. Um you have that you have that servant's heart where you want to help people and I don't see why you can't start coaching people right now one to one. Maybe not on the level where you uh have thousands of people at once, but definitely one to one. You you have a lot to offer. If if you could give your 18-year-old self Three pieces of advice. What what would you tell that, that individual?
1: Uh, stay away from girls. Um, <laughs> manage your that, money. That's hard. That's hard at eighteen, man. Oh man, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, I, but like I tell people, I said that's just part of it. You just gotta learn how to control yourself. But yeah, stay away from females. Uh, manage the your wrong, money. the wrong female, the wrong females. That's true. That's true. Yeah, most of the time we pick the wrong ones at first. Either way, we just get lost <laughs> in the sauce. But yeah, managing my money and uh, just make sure I'm secure in my future. Like I say, uh, even when I got my first job, I, I didn't even think like, like right now I'm starting to think about my future and what my legacy gonna be or how my kids will look at me or how other people will look at me. Like back then I didn't think anything about it. I was just party, have a good time, make my little money and do what I need to do. So right now, like this is things that are important to me. Like think about how my life will be looked at when I'm not here or what I'm gonna leave to my kids and family when I'm gone things like that because, you know, as you get older, you start seeing your family members pass away and other people pass away in the community and stuff. And you look at things like that and you try to internalize it and figure out what you need to do to make sure things are better for, you know, your family then once you leave.
0: Yeah, and you don't know how many, how many years you got. We all think that we got, you know, a couple more decades, but you might only have a couple more days. You just, you, nobody, know, you're not promised tomorrow. Nobody really knows, right?
1: Yeah, especially in our, in our job, you just never know.
0: What's your next project that you'd like to work on?
1: Well, uh, currently, like I said, I'm going to be in the process of trying to go state or federal. Uh, That's why I'm trying to lose weight a little bit because I'm not a big long-distance runner. And, like, for federal stuff, they want you to run a mile and a half in, like, 12 minutes or less. I don't like running a mile, but it is what it is. But I try to go state or federal and just become uh, teaching more actively. Um, I don't have to teach every day. But, like I said, I just feel like I have Wisdom that I can impart in different individuals, especially those that's coming into law enforcement, of uh, things to look out for and to avoid in their careers. So like I say, some things I know I could avoid if somebody would have told me, but like I say I was just trying to figure out things on my own. It is what it is, but like I say, it helped me become the person I am today.
0: So you'd like to uh, get a higher paying law enforcement career?
1: When you say state or federal? Oh, well, I'm talking about like FBI, DEA, or something like that, or either, like say. Really, like I by tell people I'm in mean, that process while I still like running a gun. And like I say I was always big on uh, I was on a crime suppression team. I enjoyed that work. Like I said, we were just a proactive uh, unit. We were just getting after it, and that's why yeah. I enjoy it. But uh, and you know, we get narcotics a little bit slower, but I mean the purpose is still there. So yeah. it just depends, like say, oh, whatever that the itch comes to, like say uh, people talk to me about going to like traffic division and all that stuff. That's not my cup of tea, but you know, that's <laughs> it's for somebody, and that's why I tell people about law enforcement, There's so many different avenues you can take. Like everyone can, can find,
0: everyone can find their own lane. Yep. Mm-hmm. So many different <laughs> avenues. What's the craziest experience you ever had on a job? Like craziest
1: story or the funniest? Uh, Craziest story. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say it was crazy, but I mean, it's, it's happened to a couple people. But anyway, uh, one of my lieutenants who was an investigator had locked up a guy for a burglary and he was questioning him at our office. And this is why I was on crime suppression. So he told me to come over to transport the guy. So the guy had his handcuffs in the front. Uh, he had on a Carhartt jacket and all this stuff, like a big thick jacket and all stuff. So, basically, I was walking him out to the front door, and I had him like by the Carhartt jacket. And then when I opened the door to open it to walk him out, my lieutenant called me. So I, you know, I still had his, his jacket in my hand, and I looked back. And by that time, all I heard was you no know, handcuffs jiggling. He was gone. <laughs> so where we at? We worked on the road that crosses over to Popeyes, and it's like a couple houses there. So I scream out, and "I'm like, hey! I'm glad they heard me, because you know." We started running, and it's like three or four foot fences in this lady's yard. So he's jumping over him because, you know, his hands are in front, so he can swan out. Me, I'm running over him. Like, I'm running through those fences, like, just fumbling along. I tried to take him twice. The heart jacket took all that, so it didn't affect him. He's still running. Uh, we run about 150 yards. By that time, I'm gassed. Like, I've been following stuff. Like, I, I'm, I'm literally, I can hear myself breathing. And he's gaining distance. But it's just so happened that my lieutenant and all of them hurt me. So they're coming. My lieutenant's talking about, here comes the dog. He doesn't have a dog, but he was just letting them know that. And, you know, by that time, I mean, I'm out of breath. Another one of our guys was running. He fell in the middle of the street. He tried to catch himself with his hand and gravel got in his hand, messed his hand up. And this one little small guy came out of nowhere with his glasses. I mean, just booking it. And I'm catching the guy, put him back in handcuffs. And then uh, after that, man, you know, I took a deep breath, deep breath, and just let everybody know, you know, I appreciate y'all. I, I, <laughs> I, I want like, he was about to be gone. He was about to, if it wasn't for them, I would have lost that guy. So
0: my first i had a similar experience my first year on midnights it was like my second or third year on the job um we go to this burglary called burglary in progress the homeowner was sitting on the bad guy the bad guy was like i want to say 18 years old and thin you know Mm -hmm. young and thin and uh, we go into the house the homeowner sitting on him we cuffed him in the back i was with a senior guy that had a lot of time on, like maybe 15, 15, 16 years on. And that guy, and we're walking him out together. And that guy goes to sit him in the back seat and he he lets go, he lets go of him. And he goes to get something out, like to move like a blanket from the back seat or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever it was in the back seat, paperwork. And as soon as he took his hand off that guy, that guy, I mean, the funny thing about it was, he had gotten roughed up by the homeowner cause the homeowner found him in his daughter's bedroom. He was mm-hmm. trying to burglarize, but the daughter was like, she wasn't even a teenager. She was like really, really young. Mm-hmm. But the guy, the guy really put, put a number on him <laughs> and the guy, he goes limping out of the house. And soon as the, the senior cop took his hand off of him, he was gone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was I was right on him because I was young. I was I was like twenty three when I came on
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I was right on him. But I'm watching him. So he's running and he's the fastest, like the fastest <laughs> I ever seen somebody run behind the their hands behind their back, just like like lightning. And he puts his head down and starts busting through. He went through like two fences with his head.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I oh, just no. kind of like squeezed through it after him and kept chasing him. And uh, we get him, we get him into the precinct and the lieutenant who's checking him in is like, did you guys do that to him? And I'm like, no, he was he was putting his head through fences.
1: <laughs> I mean, sometimes like, they don't believe the stories. I'm like, boss, that, that wasn't us. I'm like, he was putting his head through fences. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, man. There's some great stuff that happens, man. That's why I tell people I say the one thing about law enforcement. You might have four days up, like back to back, but you'll have that one call and you like, be like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the body
0: cams are going to clear up a lot of that unprofessionalism. And okay. I think um, I think across the country, you'll see more professionalism, but more people will see the craziness that we see, you know? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm a big believer in body cameras. I say it, most time if you have an incident going on, if you have a body camera on, you can eliminate that or somebody complains on you. If you did what you were supposed to do, you can eliminate that right then and there.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There'll be a lot more professionalism um, with the body cam. So uh, I'm gonna respect your time. I appreciate you coming on. I just got five last questions for you. What's your definition of a hero? Uh,
1: someone that puts other people first. Uh, they want to basically help others, and like I tell people, uh, somebody that helps others, you're basically helping yourself. So if you want to help people progress, and basically like say, not save the world, but save somebody. That's why I call a hero.
0: And when stress is starting to get really high and you're starting to feel low, how do you save yourself from that breaking uh, point?
1: Working out and listening to my motivation videos. Like I have 180 motivation videos that I can go through. And like I say I listen to those all the time and going to the gym always helps me out.
0: You have that on Spotify or on YouTube? YouTube. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to hook me up with that, uh, with that list.
1: Oh, I got you. I'll send you the link.
0: All right, cool. And uh, would you ever consider offering coaching? as another stream of income down the line?
1: I would, like I said, I feel like I'd be a good coach uh, just to help I think you out. would. I, I think
0: you'd be a great coach too. What's your uh, greatest ability, your greatest strength today?
1: Uh, Building rapport people. people. Uh, most people think I look mean, but I don't smile a lot. But like I say, once they get past that, they understand that, you know, I'm basically like trying to help everybody I come in contact with, because I've been around people that just had that given personality. We come around them, they're friendly they make you want to be around and they make you laugh and all that stuff. And they just generally want to help. And I've always wanted to, you know, mirror those types of people. And I'm hoping that I am mirroring those people. So I think that's like my best ability to build a rapport with people quickly and make them feel comfortable with me and try to help them through their situation.
0: If you ever become a detective, that's the number one skill when it comes to interviewing is just building rapport with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for fun, if you had a comic book superpower, what would it be and why like a comic superpower?
1: I guess uh, I don't know, man. I like Thanos. I'm not gonna say I want to snap the world and let everybody go, but uh, but man, all the abilities, all the abilities he had, it was oh yeah, crazy. Man. Oh yeah, man, he had them all. I say, but I was like, like, even as a villain, I was like the best person I felt as a as a in the Marvel comics that I related to. I'm not saying I want to snap the world, but small press pay for salvation. But uh, maybe speed, uh, I guess, you know, I I don't run that fast, uh, long distance. So maybe that speed will help me around that track a little bit faster.
0: (laughs) Good luck in your endeavors, brother. Thank you for hopping on. I appreciate it very much. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at David the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.